Hello, hello, hello. What is up, everybody? Michael Gebbin, Mind Mechanic. Tuning up hearts and minds one at a time so your ideas don't die in your heart's heads and hard drives. <laughs> Whoever knew I would be a rhymer. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Tuesday. Uh, for those of you listening to this on the podcast, head on over to mindtuneuptimelive.com so you can get in the Facebook group and register for those Zoom calls where those people are rolling in right now here on, uh, on Zoom. We do these every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Last week, the chat was on fire. I think there was a, a, a couple hundred <laughs> messages on there and uh, super excited to be on here today. Um, let me get this streaming into the old Facebook group. Uh, these stream live in the Facebook group. That's where the recordings are initially. Uh, and then, of course, here on Zoom. And then after the fact, um, getting them up on uh, iTunes. So excited for you all to be here. Just get that going. One second. Mind tune up time. There we go. Go live. How's everybody doing? Light up that chat. Let me know where you are. How you doing? How's it going? Uh, really, really excited here because um, this past weekend, I had what I now, which is going to tie into some of my conversation, am calling a mind tune-up time meetup. Mind tune-up meetup, actually. And so uh, people came from all over. We had Philadelphia, Michigan, Nashville, uh, out there in uh, La Jolla area, out in San Diego, um, Philadelphia. We had people from all over the place. And so I plan on doing these uh, as part of my coaching package um, that I'm offering um, every six months. So we're getting another one on here on the calendar six months from now and uh, get more people together. And after doing it, I definitely am going to, uh, right now I'll just be doing the two, but I plan to add additional, as of right now, groups as groups fill up. It was a smaller group. I think I'll maximum maybe 20 to 30 people. Um, but, you know, the thing that I did after filming so many events through the years, after holding, this was, whoop, watch out there. Uh, after holding, uh, I think that was my 10th event I've held from as little as around what I had about, about 12 people there to uh, 200. I really love um, the intimacy of the smaller group and that, that ability to allow people to really have the conversations, the connection and the coaching happen because too many things to get so large. And, um, you know, ultimately it's just more of a person up on stage talking at everybody. And, um, and then all the things I've seen is people love the magic that happens in the hallway at lunch, at dinner, uh, on breaks. And so creating that environment to get people to do what we just can't do here on zoom and so uh, anyways, you know, and that's the power of imperfect action uh, that I talk about as well, because, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, I've been wanting to get people together for a while now. And, and the truth of the matter is, I just ended up saying, we got to do it. Uh, I mean, the people who came didn't know about it barely three or four weeks ago. And, um, and I didn't call it mind tune up meetup then it was just, you know, a gathering and events. Um, and then I even changed the language. And, and, and what I want to talk about today, you know, last week um, and this past week and some of the things that I'm going to pull in, you know, last week I talked about 767 inner and outer um, things, facts versus fiction, and this aspect of the backwards bike that I've mentioned. So I encourage you to go listen to that one and I'll, I'll tie some of it in here, but I'm going to try to not super repeat myself every single time. Um, 
But one of the things that's really, really potent and powerful for me, for all of you, to create the life that we really want and that we're really doing the work that we're not, we're not just settling or complacent. There's a difference to me between complacency and, 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 and contentment. Um, contentment is like, I am satisfied. Like I am truly, genuinely grateful and satisfied. Complacency is a level of like, I'd really love this, but I don't really think I can get it. I don't know how to get it. So, you know, it's good enough. You know, there's this kind of like, eh feeling around it versus an absolute like, ah, I absolutely love my life and I love what I have and I love what I get to do and who I get to do it with. Um, and it doesn't mean that you can't strive for more, do more, achieve more. Um, but it's, it's, it's from a place of abundance. It's from a place of, of, of growth, not a place of lack, not a place of I'm waiting to achieve something, a goal, a, get a certain circumstance, a certain amount of money, a certain achievement, and then I'll be satisfied. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll find more fulfillment rather than being able to have that now. And so the power of language and, and recognizing that it, at times, and over the weekend, this was coming up, this, this, I've got a, you know, um, we had a particular person that we, we, we were doing interactions with. It's really hard to do this. I, you know, it's so hard. I, I've been doing this for so long. And, and then, you know, my parents have said this and you should be doing this. I should be doing that. And there was all these I shoulds, right? How many of you can relate to the I should be? I should be somewhere else other than where I am. Should I even be on this call right now? I should be making more money. I should, I should be in this relationship by now. I should be married. I should be this. I should be, I should be, I should be, I should be, should be, should be, right? And so all these should be's have us still in that we're not where we should be right now. And so we're trying to like stop this monkey brain from saying and doing and all this stuff that's driving us crazy. But what I found is, is that you need to become an observer. So if I just stop for a second, you need to become an observer. Okay. Now that came out of my mouth. You need to become an observer. Now let's just say it's really hard to make money. You know, it's really hard to make money. I've had a difficult time making money my whole life. I've always just gotten by. Let's just say that's what comes out of your mouth. Now the practice becomes for you to be an observer of what you say. How do those things make you feel? See, because that's not very empowering. And what I find is that what we focus on, we get. And so things being really hard to do, money doesn't grow on trees. I haven't been able to do that my whole life. That is language that is disempowering. And so what I've learned, I, I had a moment over the weekend that was really, really powerful with somebody. And I want you all to play with me for a second on this. Is that, because something I'm going to tie in here is that, Everything is neutral until we give it a charge. It's neutral until we give it a charge. So something happens, whether you interpret it as something bad or good is really up to you because this fact versus fiction that I was uh, in interpretation that I brought up last week is that some things are facts, meaning it's true for everybody, Right. I had to do the, you know, the whole, you know, the lawyers, the law, the, 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 the be safe. But this idea of, you know, jumping off a cliff, right? Don't do it. 
right? The legal department, that's what I said. You know, don't do it. But the idea that if you jump off a cliff that's a thousand feet in the air and there's rocks at the bottom, you know, 9,999 out of 10,000 will die. And there'll be the one person who's doing TED Talks because they happen to live, right? But it's not encouraged, right? So that's fact. It's not fiction. It's not in your imagination. It's not, oh, it's different for this person and that person. No, the, the vast majority of people will have the same experience. But when it comes to people being triggered by something, well, two people could be called the same name and yet very different reactions will happen from those two different people, right? And if we said it was a fact, then you could call everybody a certain name and everyone would get upset. Or if there was a certain amount of money, like I said last week in your bank account, that would make everyone fulfilled, then everyone could have that certain amount of money. Once they hit it, they'd be happy. So here's the thing I want you to think about, because what we need to do in all of this is we're training the brain. So if you have a glass half empty, things haven't worked out for you, a lack of trust in yourself, and you start to think, well, I've already done that before. That didn't work, right? Because I found that there's a difference between I've already done that before and it doesn't work as an old you, as a person who hasn't heard new things, experienced new things, my wife would catch me. This practice that we have, hearing things that each other say and catching each other. So when I've said certain things like, I don't think that's going to work, or I already did that, she goes, but you didn't do it as you of today. All right, so if I did something four years ago, Likelihood's high if you have awareness moving forward. If everything you do from today moving forward, you have an awareness, then you can go and look at the past and do something different, which can get you a different outcome because what you know now, you didn't know then. So my goal is always to be training the brain so that I don't go, I've already done that, I can't do that, that doesn't work, you know, blah, 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 blah. So we've got to get the brain to believe. So here's an aspect. Here's a game that I want to play with all of you. Now we've got, man, I got to look through the names for a second. Just got to look through the names. Alonzo, Amy White, Aurora, Carolyn, Christopher, uh, Daedra. I hope I said that right. Aldridge, uh, Elijah, uh, Gary, Gee, Heidish, Jeffrey, Jenis, Jim, Kinga, Linda. Hello, Linda. Lynn Davis, Marty Marsh, uh, Narkia, Nick Swan. Man, so many great names, <laughs> great people. Norman, Robert, Robin, Selena, Serena, Sonia, Sonia, Stacy, and Victoria. So, so here's what I want you all to play with me for a second. Um, I'm going to throw this on here just out of curiosity. What you're earning right now, I'm going to throw a poll up here for just one second. Um, right now, monthly, what are you earning? And I don't care where it's coming from. I'm going to put it in here. Just fill that out for me for a second. I want to see where we all sit. And that could be zero. I need to, I need to always change that doggone thing. <laughs> zero to 500. I get it. It says $0, but uh, $0, 500 to 1,000, 1,000 to 3,000, 3,000 to 5,000, 5,000, 10,000, 10,000 plus. Um, and then on top of that, again, while people are filling this out, if you're catching this on Facebook right now, you can go to mindtuneuptimelive.com to register for Zoom. Join in on Zoom. That's where I'm paying the most attention to the chat. Turn that off, phone. Um, of course, anybody listen here as well. So um, 
All right, so we'll let that. We got almost everybody uh, voted here. We'll let a few more trickle in there. Go ahead and end the poll. Share the poll. So there we go. So a couple of you. Congratulations, three of you earning over $5,000 a month. That's incredible. Um, so for the vast majority of you, which, is, you know, there's always that 80-20 kind of trickle down in anything. Um, but you're not, you know, 5,000 times, I don't know where you're at, five to 10,000. But, you know, we'll, we'll call it that, you know, 95% of you are earning less than, you know, $50,000 a year. So let's just play with for money, for money's sake for a second here. Um, I want, I'm going to start saying a period of time, weeks, months, and years. Before I tell you the story of what happened over the weekend, I, I can't see you all right now, but just play with me for a second. I'm going to stay up for a while, but try to keep track of your reactions to the number I'm going to say. Fernando, what's up, my brother? Um, so we're going to, we're going to actually just say a number since some of you are even, I don't know if you're there. So if we say 10,000 plus, I don't know where you're at, but that could still be 120. So I'm going to say $250,000 in business in one year. Y'all, I don't know where you're all at. I'm assuming that you're trying to do something entrepreneurially, freelance, contractor, not necessarily stay an employee. That's usually 99% of the crowd I have. You're, you're either an entrepreneur already, or you're definitely wanting to quit your job. It's typically the people I track. So let's say $250,000 in one single year comes in. Do you believe that you can do that? Could you bring in $250,000 in a month? In three months. It's right now too, right? The reaction, gut reaction right now. Yes or no answers. I, we're getting to yes or no answers. And, and anything in between, right? So we're looking for that absolute certainty. That's what we're looking for. So 250,000 in one year, right? Or just in general in the time frame I'm saying. So I said three months, right? Do you think you can do it in three months? Do you think you could do it in six months? Could you bring in $250,000, right? Could you do it in a year, in the next 12 months? Now we're just gonna go beyond that. So in this amount of time after this, Right, so Ryan Stark, there's Ryan Stark, and you're maybe. Now, Ryan Stark, what's up, brother? I just got that. Um, about two years from now, could you have a business two years from now, right? Two years from now that does $250,000 in one year, two years from now. Remember, you're looking for certainty, not maybes, not eh, right? Because I'll tell you a story here in a second. Three years. Five years. Five years from now, could you have a business that brings in $250,000 in a year? And some of you may not need this ever. It may not make no difference, but I want you to play with this as a belief game right now. Seven years. In seven years, could you have a business that does $250,000 in a year? And I'm not looking at these, but I'm going to tell the story in a second. And then finally, 10 years. 10 years from now, over the next 10 years from today, could you, in a 12-month cycle, bring in $250,000? I'll be retired. <laughs> all right. All right. So this is great when you have a visual. And maybe I, I'll probably, in the future, maybe I'll play with this a little differently with somebody who's on camera. But I just wanted you all to play with it here in the chat for a second. I was at dinner on Saturday at the meetup. 
the Mind Tuna Meetup for those who missed it. Oh, there's a bunch of people coming in here today. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Those of you who are new, if you're new here and this is your first time, definitely put it in the chat. I want to make this worth your time here today. I appreciate you being here. So if it's your first time, give me a first timer in the comments. And if you've been here before, let those people know, don't go anywhere. Um, and let them know how many times you've come if you've been here more than once. Um, so we were at dinner and I was talking to someone and we were playing around with this. And it was so amazing to watch the body language when I did the same thing here because it went from uh, like, no way. Like, like I asked the question and it was like, hmm, like it was contemplated, very like, hmm, I don't think so. And then as I went through, uh, I can't remember specifically with her. I think it was, I think it was five years. It like three or four years when I said it, it was, it was close, right? It was like a maybe, like a real confident maybe. But when I went from that and immediately said, I believe it was five years, boom, you saw this like click. Like, absolutely, of course. Like it went from still a maybe, like probably to absolutely. And that's what you need your brain to do. That's what we've got to train the brain to believe. We don't want to start with kind of, eh, hmm, maybe, I don't know. I don't think so. I could see that possibly. Yeah, probably. We want absolutely. That's what we want. Absolutely. And so again, whatever that number, it doesn't matter. Look, the point of all this is not that you need to make $250,000 a year to be happy or have a million dollars or a million dollars. Some of you, your lives would be absolutely altered and you would be ecstatic and you would be doing what you love if you made $36,000 a year. Some of you right now, it could be freaking $1,000 in general to do what you love right now a month. Now, I'm not sitting here to, to, to have anybody be held back from what's possible. But so many times there's so much marketing that is pushed at us that is $100,000 a month and you need to have all these employees and all these people. And here's what I find is a lot of the people I attract, I would say 95% or more. And this doesn't mean, again, that I'm trying to prevent people from doing more or achieving more, but they're going to tend to be people who want to get their hands dirty doing whatever it is right? Whether that's you're a videographer and you like filming or you like editing or you like designing, right? You like writing. You don't want to manage a bunch of writers. You don't want to manage a bunch of designers. You don't want to manage a team of people. It doesn't mean you don't get any help. You don't have any delegation or collaboration with people to do other things that you may not want to do or aren't as good at. But I don't see the majority of the people in a decade plus that I've attracted into my life and into my world that I've coached, that I've helped, that I've served, et cetera, et cetera, that are people who I really resonate with, whom are doing $50 million a year and have 500 employees. I know those people. I've filmed for those people. I've connected with those people. Now, I have a few people who are friends that, that have a lot of employees and things, but as a default of who I attract and even who I am and some of my best friends, there are people who have simple businesses doing the work, doing the work that they love rather than building a small army of people that they manage and manage a team of people. They really want to get their hands dirty and do the work. And so something you've got to think about when it's back to this language and belief is who are you being? 
there's a guy out there, Jim Fort, who talks about be, do, have. Now, he's not the only one, but he's a big one out there who talks a lot about this concept. And I know a number of people talk about being. Who are you being? See, so many people think I'll do this to have this so that I can be that, right? But it's backwards. Because as long as your beliefs are disempowering, what you'll actually do won't be what you'll need to get to what you want to have. Now, stay with me there, right? If you're being a person who's pessimistic, doesn't really think it's possible, thinks it's irrational, thinks it's crazy, you've never had that kind of success, I, I can't do it. My trend in life is I stop and I start and I stop and I start and things don't typically work out for me, but you know, I'm going to give it a go, right? But I don't really know. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't, I, I'm not really sure, right? Um, you know, all my friends tell me, eh, probably shouldn't do that, right? You know, I was the person when told, if you don't go to college, you won't succeed. I said, well, I'm going to get, you know, not go to college. Some people, I'm not going to, you know, if you don't go to college, you won't succeed. They go, well, I want to succeed, so I'm going to go to college. Now, I had other areas in my life where I paid attention to who people who I believed were smarter, wiser, better, more successful, made more money than me, and listened to their advice to tell me what to do, tell me how to live, tell me how to act, what actions to take, how I should build my business. And as a byproduct, when I went against what I did when I started my video production company back in the day, which is like, if you don't go to college, you won't succeed. So I'm like, I don't really want to go to college. And I followed my gut and my intuition and my heart, and that worked out quite well. But at the times when I disregarded that and listened to other people who may have been well-intentioned, may have cared, and may have given great advice, it's just the advice was not very great for me. And so this, who are you being? See, we've got to be confident. And where does confidence come from? Confidence comes from competence. So at times, there's places where we're not confident because we don't have much proof. So how do you have more confidence? You don't just, you know, out of nowhere have confidence about something. You gain it through competence. The more competent you are about something, the likelihood, the more confident you will become. But we've got to get your brain to believe that it's worth doing because you could achieve it, because it could happen for you, right? If you really don't think it's possible, right? When we go through that exercise, until your brain says, yes, it could happen, absolutely. Everything else before that still says, is it really worth trying? Because it might not happen. And so that's why we throw it in the someday pile that's a trash can pile, right? Oh, I'll do that someday. That might happen someday. How many... People today is now, you know, the someday from 10 years ago, right? And that thing you'd been dreaming about five years ago, eight years ago, 20 years ago still hasn't happened because it was thrown in the trash can, right? It wasn't thrown in the now can, the I now can. Oh, that's good. See, I love, love to catch us. <laughs> the trash can, we need the now can. I love that. I love that. I love that. The now can, right? I now can do that. And you might not have all the answers, all the details, all the exact know-hows that you're going to do something, but the farther you throw it off in the future, and so I can see that happening, absolutely. Now you can do things differently. 
and start taking different actions today without the pressure that it needs to happen. All these seven day challenge, you know, 21 day challenge, 30 day challenge, right? And you might see people, what you don't realize is you might see people who achieve what is being promoted in the challenge in seven days. But if you don't, because of where you're at, which there's so many variables to where you're at right now, that you could see these people and rather than be empowered by what they've achieved, you're actually disempowered. How many of you heard somebody say it's really easy? I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, can get on me when I watch somebody helping somebody and they tell them something's really easy. You have to meet people where they are. To tell someone something's really easy that right now is it's not even working in their life. It's not happening. It's it's it. They don't think think it's possible. It doesn't empower and encourage someone. It's really easy to do, because if it was really easy to do, everybody hear me? Yes or no? Froze for just a second. Are we back? Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. So we've all had those people, right? That somebody says it's really easy. Now here's the thing. It's easy for them. See, if you think about it, how many of you out there are smokers? And I mean, it is what it is. There's no judgment. But if you are or know someone who is or are connected to someone who does, then the thing is, we've got to think about this. Any of you who are not smokers, you don't say it's really hard uh, to be a, to not smoke, right? Whereas somebody who, who, who identifies as their identity as a smoker might say it's really hard to quit. But you wouldn't say it's really hard to quit because you haven't, you're not identity level isn't I am a smoker, right? A person who started smoking, got addicted to smoking, and has been smoking for a long time is now identifying as a smoker and would typically say it is hard to quit smoking. But a person who's not a smoker doesn't say it's hard to quit smoking. It's not even hard to start smoking, right? You don't want nothing to do with the smoking, right? So for you, it's really easy to not smoke, right? But there are other things in life that may be really difficult for you. Maybe making money is really difficult for you. You know, I haven't told too many people this. I think it's a good time <laughs> to bring this up. You know, my wife and I are really playful with things now, and there's things that I'll never forget the first craft show my wife ever did uh, the day before we watched the movie The Secret. And I don't know if any of you have seen it. I had tried to watch it in the past, and uh, we turned it off in five minutes, and I had gotten back from an event. I'm like, honey, this lady says we got to watch this movie. Sometimes telling my wife something from somebody else tended to work better than me telling it directly. Uh, but anyways, coming from a filmmaking background, it is really poorly made but that's not the point anyways she got into it we watched it and she had a craft show the next day and i'll never forget that she's she's like we're driving to it and she's like i'm in, i'm visualizing and you know people giving them my thing and them giving me money and yeah i know this whole law of attraction thing and then we get there for eight hours it's kind of rainy and she barely sold one one thing to a, to a vendor and made like 20 or 30 bucks and uh maybe a Mr. Optimistic and not really. I mean, when I heard law of attraction three years ago, like prior to 2018, I would sit here and literally be like, Oh, you mean when you kumbaya in your basement, good things happen? Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Like I, I just had this very stereotypical and I'd love to see where all of you sit when you hear that word law of attraction. You're like, hell yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I love everything around that. Or you're like, yeah, that's a bunch of hogwash. That's stupid. Nothing, you know, no truth in it. 
Um, I'd love to see in the chat where you all sit with that. So for me, having studied a lot of different things, I find that, and one thing I want to say specifically that may, if we just take out all of what you may or may not believe, but think of the last six letters of attraction. They are what is not on my current shirt because it's what well, it is on my current shirt. Hey, you see that? Hold on. Uh, there we go. Right. Action, 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 action. And so the last six letters of attraction are action. So I'm a firm believer that, you know, attracting doesn't just come by sitting around and doing absolutely nothing. Now, can things happen? Sure. But I, I feel like there's levels of winning the lottery uh, with that as well. Um, and I'd rather put things in my favor. And so I take action. But to the degree of where I'm aligned and you know, getting into vibration in some woo-woo land here, which I'm very resonant with and love now, but a lot of people, I, I love to use that language, they re relate. And to know that I sit here, if any of you have seen me do electric bolt, heart, and wrench, those three things are to combine the hard and soft skills, right? Not just pound you in the face. All of you have seen somebody who's like punch you in the face, just take action, just do it. It's real easy. Just grind and hustle and bleed your eyes out and sleep when you're dead, right? There, there's those kind of people out there. And then there's the kind that are like, oh, just close your eyes for four and a half hours a day. And then you just clear your mind. And when you clear your mind, all these things will come to you. Everybody just close your eyes for a second. We're going to close our eyes. And for the next hour and a half of this call, we are going to visualize why you close your eyes. What will come to you? <laughs> no judgment on if you do meditations or have people close their eyes. I promise you there is truly no judgment. But I'm being playful with all of you because we've all experienced the kumbaya extreme or the punch you in your face, right? And, and to me, I like to have a blend, right? There's a time and a place to be a little bit more direct with somebody. And there's a time and a place to um, have faith, have trust, have belief. To achieve the invisible, we have to see, you know, to achieve the impossible, we have to see the invisible at times, right? So, or if some would say I'm possible. So what I found is, is with my wife, I had a little bit more, you know, glasses uh, half full and she was glasses half empty. So I'm encouraging her after this craft show. But now, I mean, we've literally gotten to a place. This is where I wanted to tell that story where we kind of chant this song every once in a while, which is, and some of you, I'd love to see in the, in the chat here where your relationship is with this, because I had a poor one for a long time. When you change your story, you change your life. But we have to first get in the line, not just positive affirmation about I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, while inside you're like, I'm miserable, I'm miserable, I'm miserable, I hate my life. Then you're going to be thinking this is stupid right? We've got to get to a place of belief. So my wife and I, at times, from time to time, we go, I love money and lo money loves me. We love money and money loves us, right? We have this thing where we love money. And I'll say she was the one to love it more than I did up front, right? Now, up front, it can just seem very cheesy and lighthearted, but it is fun because if we have this, you know, if you are out there right now wishing money didn't exist, Hating money, money's the root of all evil. Money doesn't grow on trees. I wish I could just not need money. Money's so annoying. It's too bad we have to have money. 
right? You want money because you need money, but do you have a, a, a love of it or do you see that the love of it is the root of all evil? See, to me, the thing is, is that I believe that there's a reason when people have a hatred, a negative, a eh, around something, could be money, there's a reason you don't have it. See, if you look, if, if any of you have caught yourself, if you don't have a lot of money right now, and you have ever been with somebody or a family member or a friend, or it's you who literally sees somebody who you deem to be rich or wealthy, and they have a nice car or an $80,000 car, a huge house, do you judge them? Of the rich, right? What do you do when you see people with a lot of money? What do you think of people who have a lot of money, who have big homes, big cars? And there are people with lots of money. I love that Warren Buffett still like drives like a, you know, 15 year old Buick, I think. And, you know, and he, he still has a house that he paid $30,000 for that he's lived in his whole life because for him, it's not the materialistic things. He just loves playing the game and he keeps playing the game. Right. And so there's this aspect that it's not, I'm not bringing up money today in the sense that money, um, that you all need to make millions and millions of dollars, right? But to the degree that you don't have what you need to survive right now, right? Or you don't have enough of it, what's your relationship with it mentally? Because what I find is, is that back to who you're being, if you would be or are being a person who has a lot of negative judgment towards people with money, why would you take actions to do things that could bring you a lot of money? Because subconsciously, and so much is going on subconsciously, that's why we have to be bring things to our awareness. Usually that happens with other people, being able to activate things in the mind so it goes from subconscious to conscious so that we can do something about it. So see, if subconsciously you have a very negative association with money, there's a reason why you don't take actions that'll bring money in because you don't want to be that, that which you judge. Same thing with marketing. One of the things that came up over the weekend at the Mind Tune Up Meetup is that you know having an example of non-manipulative, conniving, cheating, deceiving, you know, pushy, forceful, you know, marketing and, and things like that. And I told the lady, I said, what was the last thing that I said to you before you purchased? Do whatever you want. If you want to come or don't come, I'm not going anywhere. But if you don't feel like you're ready right now, that's okay. Now, how many people do that? The normal one she was used to is like pushy and like, well, you need to do it. Your family, how, how much longer are you going to stay broke? If not now, then when? Your family needs you. They need you to get out of your slump and make money. So why would you not get off your couch and act? Right? Like, <laughs> I, I keep seeing Sue with her. I'm not looking at all the chat. I always read the chat afterwards, by the way. Um, but, you know, we've seen that. We've experienced that. There's marketing out there. It's very shameful, very guilt you into purchasing and doing something. Right? So I try to say, look, I can be an example. I'm being an example. Because what we've got to realize is that there are things out there 
back to everything is neutral until we give it a charge. Facebook ads, Zooms, PDFs, courses, masterminds, right? Social media, right? Guns. On and on we can go. All those you had a reaction to when you think of those things, right? But a gun ultimately can do really bad things, but it's neutral until given to a person who may do the really bad things, right? And so this aspect of certain marketing things you see in the world that you feel to be slimy, if you see most people who use Facebook ads and you feel that most of them are slimy, you'd never use Facebook ads. Why would you use Facebook ads? Because if your judgment and association with people who use Facebook ads or do webinars are people who just give you no value and are just going to take your money, right? Something I saw recently about charging for something and feeling like you're pushy. There's only a pushy and forceful energy if you feel like you're taking from someone and that you need them and that your life will be better only with them. Right. So to you, you feel like I'm pushing someone to do something. Right. And see, there we go. Selena Baker. I'm not sure if you're associated. Right. That's affiliate marketing. Well, there's great affiliate marketing. Like I, I'm going to assume for a second you're saying affiliate marketing. That's negative. Right. That's bad. My wife has a, 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 a link tree on her Instagram where she is an affiliate for Amazon and people who want to purchase tools and things that she uses when they ask her a question, she says, yeah, this is what I use. Here's my link. And then they make a purchase and my wife gets some money. And that person gets their thing for no additional increase in price. She's not putting, she's not telling people to buy things just so that she can make money. She's saying, Hey, it's really simple that I use this. I love this. You want to know what I use. Here is this thing. Here is the link. You purchase it the same way that you would have prior. And then I make some money. Okay. I, yeah. But I just wanted to say that. So regardless of where you sat there, but some people like that's the thing with that, because there are also people who do do affiliate marketing or multi-level marketing, and they do not care about the product. They're only, as people would say, schlepping the product. That's maybe one term to use, right? They're schlepping the product to people because they don't really care about it or the people, they just can't figure out how to what to sell themselves and so, or how to create their own business. So somebody else has created a container through which to um, not have to do any of that, give you all the assets, and then you just go tell people about it. But some of those people feel like, oh, well, they don't really care about me or the product. They just want me to buy the product so they can make money, right? And so there's a lot of those different things that exist. And there's some things popping up here around um, the law of attraction popping up. See, again, I, I look at different religions and things I've studied and, and, and the things I've studied within the law of attraction world. It's that really, you can look at science, you look at the brain, and, and really, it's quite simple. We're all using, if we just use the law of attraction, for example, we're all using it. We're all using it either for us or against us. And so to the degree that there's not good things, see, what I'm saying is, is my story used to be, if you make a lot of money, you'll be miserable. And if you just get by, you can do what you love. The interesting thing is in my life, that was the story I told from 2004 or five till probably around 2012. At the peak of my income and the peak of my unhappiness because it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's why to the degree, just using the $250,000 example, that you can believe that that's possible for you, 
And then you don't, you're not attached to it even happening. You're not attached to week by week that you're not any per se closer, but you're taking actions towards it because you're being a person who is being a person who has a great business that gets to work with clients that you love, gets to do projects you love, gets to get paid what you're quote unquote worth, right? All these things, if that's your belief, right? Versus you say all the time, man, nobody ever has any money. People are always taking advantage of me. Every time I get a client, they end up complaining and it doesn't work out. See, too many times there's people in people's lives that have friends or they see something. And then my wife, and I'm so proud of her, we can all give her a big high five, virtual high five in the chat. She has an Etsy. You can go to mypopartdesigns.com and see her designs on Etsy. Um, but she's essentially sold over 5,000 designs on Etsy. 5,000. In maybe two years. And she's probably had less than 10 people that were like difficult or complained or maybe wanted a refund, right? But I've seen her and she unfollows them. Every once in a while, there's some of these crafters or people on, on, uh, on Instagram or something that she's followed. And every day, multiple times a day, they're complaining. Oh my God, I got this person. Let me all tell you today. Let me tell you all today about Suzy. Susie, Susie was so difficult. I can't believe what Susie did. Susie sat here and sent me a message. Can you believe that she sent me a message asking for money? Because she didn't like what she got. I don't know what, what impersonation that is. And it's no judgment. <laughs> I don't know why I clicked into that. Uh, but that's what I feel like I saw, right? And so mypopartdesigns.com or mypopartshop.com. Um, but my wife's a sweetheart. She really lives to serve the people, take care of the people. She has a very optimistic viewpoint on things. And I feel that, you know, what we see is what we get. And so all of you have this at varying degrees of intensity, what you believe, what you think about all the time, what you speak, right? I believe what you speak about, you bring about, right? Call it whatever you want. Think whatever you want. When people used to say these things, I'm, I'm here with you all. If some of you are like, eh, some of this stuff, mm, ah, I don't know, right? When I used to hear some of this, it's back to like, give me a water bottle, right? The water bottle's real, right? This whole believe, think, achieve, attraction, the woo land, whatever, all this stuff, like I don't get it. And I didn't, and I practiced and I learned and I had, I had faith. I had belief. And then I started looking for patterns. But if you're going 100 miles an hour every day and you don't slow down for a second to, to, to listen, you can't pick up on what I have on my shirt. Inspired action. Get an inspired thought. What do you do with a thought that says, oh, I was thinking of that person. Are you afraid to text them, call them, email them, meet them, see them, reach out to them, DM them? Whatever them you got to do, right? Where do you go? Maybe I should call that person. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it was amazing the people who got together this past weekend. Every one of them, without knowing each other overall or having ever met each other, had connections, different things from same hometowns. It was so fascinating. I don't think that's a coincidence anymore. I guarantee... 
out of the almost 40 people on this call today, all of you have a lot more in common, people that you've never met. You'd be able to hold a freaking five-hour conversation with almost anybody on this call today, and you'd feel like you were best friends. So powerful. I want to take some questions from the chat here for a second. I'm going to pull somebody on here in the second half. Synchronicities. Yes, I love that. Five hours, Sue? I mean, anybody who meets to me, if I ain't got nothing else going on, I mean, we got together around 8.30 in the morning. We weren't done until 9.30 at night on Saturday. It was, a, uh, it was an incredible day. I hope to see some of you uh, at the, in the future uh, at a Mind Tune-Up meetup. It's part of the package I have for my Mind Tune-Up coaching. Um, if any of you want to send me a message, you can do that. I'll also, I'll, I'll drop a link for those who are on here. Um, right now, for those who don't need more details or want some of the, the basic details, um, I'll get you a link here for one second uh, in the chat. You can check this out. But uh, yeah, so we'll be doing that every six months. So I want to take some, go into the Q&A box, drop some questions in there. Um, appreciate y'all being here today. I hope this, this is your first time that so far uh, you have uh, enjoyed yourself here. These calls usually go on average for right around two hours. Um, they're streamed into the Facebook group. They're on Zoom um, you know, every Tuesday at 2 p.m. from roughly 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. And then um, starting to get these on, uh, on iTunes and the different podcast platforms so people can, uh, um, uh, you know, if they can't make it, there's really a special sauce, I believe, to the chat, to the live element. And I, I'm really focused on that more than anything and really encourage all of you here. If you can make it, you know, of course, join live. And if you really are wanting information, the nice thing I'm doing too is getting some show notes so that there's some different um, um, effectively things to read through so you can see about what happened on that call and some timestamps and, and whatnot. So uh, super, super powerful. But um, yeah, so mindtuneuptimelive.com for any of you on Facebook or anywhere else, and you can uh, join the Facebook group or join in on the Zooms. Um, chats are on fire today, so I'm, I'm waiting for you all to, to type that up. And then, like I said, usually I take one person on and uh, usually a brand new person every week to essentially do a little one-on-one -on -one coaching with. So I love to do, some people say that, you know, they feel like they're at church sometimes. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, depending on the person. <laughs> some people love church, some people don't, uh, no judgment, but um, I hope you found today valuable. So while we're letting some things roll in here, there we go. Okay. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. I'm going to get, okay, cool. Thank you so much. I'm in tears right now. This is my first time here and I am, you are describing me. My beliefs have made it very difficult for me. You're encouraging me. Deidre Aldridge, sending you tons of love. First time here. I, I love to get some first timers. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. I'm excited for you. And one thing I want to bring up, um, good, you've got a question here as well. So bring you back up for one second from last week. I want to kind of tie this in and I, I got a million topics that I can cover, but I also simultaneously, if you're on Facebook, give some likes and love and comments over there. I'll be checking that out afterwards. Um, but bringing that back up, this, this, I, I need the reminder almost every week, probably here. The backwards bike story again. I said this last week, I'm going to say it probably every week. And I need every one of you who come week after week to recognize that when you hear similar things, specifically even from me, 
that every week, if you can go with an open mind and an open heart with what you're, what you're hearing and don't start to tune out, don't, don't hear backwards bike and go, I've heard the story 50 times now, Gebs, tell me a different story because until at which time you have things click, you don't get it and you're going to hear something different. So there's different stories I'm going to tell, and sometimes I'm going to tell them multiple times, but always listen with an open mind, an open heart, like you've heard it never before, but yet for the first time. And so the backwards bike, I, I usually rapidly tell it though, but this aspect of this guy built a bike, looks like a normal bike. Everything about the bike is normal. You turn left, it goes right. You turn right, it goes left. The son had been riding a regular bike for three years. He was six years old. He practiced riding the bike for a few weeks and was able to ride the bike. The dad was in his 40s and practiced riding the bike for almost nine months. Nine months before his brain clicked and he could now ride this backwards bicycle. Then it took 20 minutes to get on a regular bike and be able to ride it again. So see, some of you with your beliefs, right? the language, what you're speaking out to others or internally to yourself, those things are creating your life right now. Where you're at now is a byproduct of your past, what you've spoken, what you've written, what you've said, what you believed, right? So all of that, is how it got you to today and how you're going to have a new today, right? In the future, right? Three months, six months, two years, four years from now will be what you start practicing today, but not throwing in the someday, right? The, 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 the trash can of the future, right? That we got to have the now can, I now can do this, right? I now can do this. You might not be able to be doing it great, but you can catch yourself when you say something like, yeah, I, I just, I've never been able to do that, right? And you can say, no, 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 I haven't been able to do it, but I'm going to be able to do it. Yeah, that's probably not possible for me. It hasn't been possible yet, but I really believe it will be possible. And I will take the actions each and every single day to practice to get to that point but I'm not going to be attached to the speed and have impatience that it's not getting here fast enough because you see that every day, if he would just, he knows how to write it, right? You all can get things intellectually, but to the degree that you practice it until it clicks will be the difference, quite frankly, because ultimately if you practice once, like if you wanted to lose weight, you can't do all the right things for a day and stop and then not, and then start back up nine months later, you're still starting from ground zero. Right. So he couldn't ride the bike once, skip nine months, and then he'll be able to ride the bike having only practiced the second time. And that has given me so much peace of mind because ultimately, let me, let me use an example. I've done this uh, before. Usually I'm the one who gets something out, you know, at dinner time. Let's just use the example. And my wife's in there. I get things ready. I'm making dinner. I bring her out, you know, the food and bring her out a water and she likes cold waters. I like just regular waters. They don't have to be in the refrigerator. So plug this into you. 
right? Some of you, this may be identical and this exact strategy will work for you. And some of you will need to plug it into something else. But how many of you have gone, we take the last water out. This is why I do I take the last water out, take her the water. And in the process, very quickly, I'm going, well, there's none left, but I'll get it later, right? This is the someday game we played earlier, right? I'll do it later. I'll get it later. Guess when the later happens? When my wife needs slash wants another cold water. And then if she's not self-aware and I'm not self-aware, a really not good thing happens. You always forget to put it back. Why don't you do that? I told you to do it. Oh my God, I always forget. I know, I'm stupid. I always forget. <sighs> okay, I'll do it next time. Next time happens. Last water. I'll do it. I'll, 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 I'll do it here uh, in a little bit. I won't forget. I won't forget. And then the same thing happens again. And before you know it, breaking that pattern is what feels impossible. So simple. Just grab the water. It's, it's 30, it's like 30 inches away, right? It's right over there. Go grab another water, put in, put the other waters in, right? But someday, we'll do it someday. I won't forget. Until you become a person, just like the smoking scenario, you're a quitter. You're a forgetter. You're a not doer, right? That becomes the belief. So then doing that becomes near impossible. But what you can do, which takes practice, I, I use this over, I have another one. I'll give you another one. So then what takes practice is catching yourself in the moment, being aware, going, I'll get it later. I won't forget and go do it now. And then you do it now. We are creatures of habit. Again, your todays, your bank accounts, your careers, your relationships are byproducts of all these little things compounded each and every single day. So something just like that water is the same thing for your business, things that you quote unquote need to do or that you should do. You'll do it later. I won't forget. I'm going to do it today, but you don't do it. So your brain starts to tell you that you're a quitter. You're a loser. You don't do it. You're a forgetter. That's what happens. But you can retrain the brain. But it takes practice. So just a perfect example at my, uh, at our house with our puppies, when we had our old dog, Bauer, my wife would want us, want me, or, you know, when I get out of the bathroom, she would do it, but she's quicker to build habits sometimes than me, right? The, the son did it in, in three weeks, right? The dad did it in nine months. We're all going to practice and do things at different speeds. So my wife would say, shut the door. And I wouldn't shut the door, right? You didn't shut the door. Why did you shut the door? I told you to shut the door. Okay, yes, I know, right? And you get that. Now, this isn't always, like, I have done this to my wife or others. Like, we all do this. I'm not saying my wife attacks me with all these things. These are just two scenarios that were me and things that, you know, I was being asked of so to shut the door so that our dog wouldn't go in the bathroom. But the thing is, is that what happened is, 
is practicing the same thing. So then doing it, doing it until now it's autopilot. I don't, I'm never told, why didn't you shut the door? In fact, I'm asked, why did you shut the door? <laughs> Cause it don't matter where I'm at. It's not just my bathroom. It's their bathroom and any other bathroom. I shut the door because I don't, I'm like, I, I have a, I, and I'm using that, right? Catching my language in the moment. I have a more difficult time having in-betweeners, right? I'm all or nothing at times. And that's, I know that that's a belief. That's something where I have to practice having discernment between times to shut the door and not shut the door. But sometimes I flip things on and off. And so I remember not too long ago where my parent or her parents' house and they're like, nobody went to the bathroom for like an hour because they thought somebody was in the bathroom because in her family at their house, they don't shut the door unless somebody's in the bathroom. Yet at our house right now, we always shut the door no matter what. And so it doesn't matter where I'm at, I'm shut the door. And it may seem so simple, but I hope you see that where that can apply to so many areas of your life. Because it sounds like, how does this apply to my business? How's this going to help me make money? How's this going to help me have a better, you know, relationship? How may because there's things that are causing conflict for yourself and only of yourself, which is causing all sorts of other external issues, but is also causing problems with your significant other, right? There's right, the toilet seat up and down, right? Like if you're a man, overall, unless you're taking a you-know-what, number two, you don't need that toilet seat down, right? But a female, at least most that I know, always need the, to to uh, the toilet seat out, right? And so we can have those simple things. But where is that in your life that you can start catching the some days that I won't forget, but that you've now programmed to something that has you disempowered, not doing it, no matter how much you know that you should do it. Think about that bike for a second. There is nothing difficult or complicated for anyone to understand that scenario in any way, shape, or form. It looks like a normal bike. It ultimately rides like a normal bike. Everything about the bike is normal except the turn. That's it. So now I've told you it's backwards. There's nothing else to understand. It's not complicated. It's not hard. It's not difficult. It is easy, right? I don't say that all the time, but that is easy to understand. We're not trying to do quantum physics over here or something. That scenario is easy to understand. But how long would you keep practicing something, even if it's that easy, that it just isn't working? And you feel like this is stupid. Is it ever going to happen? Is it ever going to work? So many things what I've found that I've been consciously aware of and practicing like the water thing end up evaporating when I've practiced. And then all of a sudden it comes like riding a bike. I don't think about it anymore. It's not even a practice. It becomes a habit. It becomes a default. It becomes a who I am, right? All of you who are non-smokers, it's effortless and easy for you to not smoke. It's not difficult. And if you ever smoked and now don't, you, I'm, I've never met a smoker overall that I can recall as a default. I'm sure there's some out there, but that have said, man, it was so easy to quit. Right? Norma Christina on the piano. There's stuff that you've played certain songs so many times that you don't even think. You don't mess up. You don't think. And it's effortless. Da, 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 right? How many of you have driven somewhere but went with a friend and were going somewhere different, but you've driven the route 
a million times, but there was a right turn you were supposed to make because you're going somewhere slightly different. And so there's a different road to go down, but you missed it. Right? That's the autopilot again, kind of scary, but we're all kind of going on autopilot. And it takes an awareness, it takes an intentionality to become aware of these things because it's like, why didn't you do that? I, what? I don't know. I knew I kept saying, I know I need to turn, but your body was driving on autopilot. And so the things that you're not doing that you even want to do, know you, you should do. And, and it's not a, we don't have to should do anything, but things you really want to do. And you know, yeah, I should be doing that. Like, that would be great. That would be fun. And when I do it, it's fun, but you go back because you default back in old patterns, old habits. That's that line, old habits die hard or whatnot. So how did you make the shift and change to adopt a new thought, right, Deidre? So that's what I'm saying here. So hopefully that was helping, right? At first, we've got to become aware of the leak. We've got to become aware of the disempowering language, thoughts, things that are, that are harming or hurting us that are the autopilot. Then once you become aware, you have to be this observer, right? You have to pick up the words, the language, the thoughts that you have. They're going to happen by default. Stop trying to stop the, the bad thoughts. That's only keeping them active, right? The more you speak into, you speak the words all the time. Okay, good. I've seen there, right? So the more you speak the words, right? Focus, focus is everything. I can't read what's on the screen right now. So if this is, I suck, I can't do this. I've always failed. It never works out for me. I can't see over here about it's going to work out. I can't do it. I don't know how, but I know I will. I don't know how, but I know I will. I really believe that this is going to work for me this time. And I'm not going to be attached to the time frame that which it does, but I am going to practice each and every single day. And some days I will fall off the bandwagon. Some days it won't work. Some days I'll go right back to how I was. Some days I'm going to cry. Some days I'll be angry. But when I'm angry, when I'm sad, when it's not working, when I'm not doing that, which is over here, I'm going to catch it and go over here. So one thing I do with the people I work with in coaching, I want you to be open and, and tell me everything, right? But the goal is for you to stop speaking about what is not working and what you don't like because that keeps it active. The more you're like, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, ah, I'm so stuck, right? And you're holding and clenching so tight to the stuckness. It can't work out. It's not working out. I wish I had the answer. I wish I had the answer. I can't find the answer. I can't find the answer. I can't find the answer. It's nowhere. I can't find it. Woo. Right. I'm not feeling that right. I was like, woo, man, that's my body. Like, God dang, it doesn't even feel good anymore. Right. But that, so many of you, I guarantee have something that you had that though. And you decided finally to step away for a day, a week or a month. Boom. And it all became clear. The answers are there. The answers are there. But when we clench so tightly and focus so hard on what is, so many of you are so crystal clear on what you don't want that you haven't even began to really dream about what you do want. Or if you have, you've let it go because you don't believe it's possible. So my challenge for each and every single one of you is to begin to dream again. Imagine with no judgment and no need to know how or, you know, the details of how it will happen, but simply let go. 
Hey, dream a little, play a little. How are we doing? I need to take someone on today. Didn't do that last week. Any final thoughts or questions? Any clarifications? Uh, what are some big takeaways for today? And then I'm going to take somebody on here. Um, so how's everybody doing? Any final thoughts or questions or clarifications for what I've said today? And um, any big breakthroughs today? Type that out. Any, any, any ahas, any, any click moments, any, any more clarity? I'd love to see that. Again, appreciate y'all being on here. I'm going to take somebody on here in the next probably five or so, 10 minutes, depends on what is said here. Um, grateful for you all being on here today. It's a great call. I love seeing these calls grow each and every single week. And if you know someone who could benefit, don't judge them or yourself. Just if you, if you know that it's resonating with you and there's a friend or somebody, like send it to them, share this, right? This is the probably safest place that that person could be to get some, get some, get some juice, get some charge, get some, some words that'll uplift them, encourage them and move them in a direction. Because at times, just like I said, it can be easier than you trying to tell someone to um, do something or whatever. And that's something too. Somebody asked me over the weekend, how do I get my wife to do blank? I said, you don't. We all have to stop forcing everyone around us to be something other than they're not so that we can be happy, so that we can be satisfied. The only person that you can change is yourself. Some people will come along for the ride with you and change uh, along uh, with you and you'll grow closer and some will grow apart. And sometimes we're afraid of that. And a lot of times people, it's easier for them to keep you where they are than come with where you're going. Um, but stop trying to change other people so that you can be happy. Because the reality is, is that that also tells them that you don't unconditionally love them, but you love them with conditions. If and when you do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, and do, da, 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 then I'll love you more, right? You may never say those words, but it's unspoken, Right? If you really want somebody to do something, be something, change something, go for their dreams, their aspirations or whatever, look at yourself first because I find that in the last 12 to 24 months, I've seen far more people take far more action than I ever have in all my coaching and speaking in my entire life because of how much I took the first step myself. I am doing as I say and as I do, practicing what I preach rather than I think you should do this, but I'm not willing to do that, right? So anyways, I'm grateful that you, you, you can share this, but just share it because you care and you want to see them improve, but that ultimately you love them no matter what. But if they're eh, in that little, eh, I'll charge them up. I'll charge them up. So tune it up, hearts and minds, one at a time. So ideas don't die in hearts, heads, and hard drives. So um, I, get, I guess I need to be looking at, uh, Deidre says, how are you in my head? I need to look at the chat. I should have told you I'll put it in the Q&A. Let me see here. Um, Let's prove that we are human. You exemplify, as always, you brought the word again today. Thank you for showing. Um, yeah, let's let it go. I've been going through those thoughts. Yeah, also, there's so much need for support groups and increased frequency. Emotion. Okay, I'm just looking back here for a second. Okay. Okay. 
Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, Linda says, mine tune up in marriage counseling today. Yeah. I mean, you know, my wife and I, I proposed to my wife like seven months after we got together. And then she said yes and said no. And then we dated for a few more years. Then we broke up for a couple of years. Then we got back together. And um, uh, ultimately, relationship was okay from 2012 till 2014. Uh, she wanted to marry me. I didn't want to marry her. I was very jaded from our prior relationship before we broke up and from everything that happened the two years we weren't together. Uh, so I didn't know what was going to happen. I used to be Mr. Like, you know, uh, Princess Bride, you know, as you wish type of guy. And I am again today and we have what we have today as well. Um, and it's super, super powerful, but it takes two to tango and it takes exactly what I'm talking about here. Uh, communication, conversation, and the ability to practice these things because my wife is of all examples was a person who was the opposite in the sense of typically a glass half full, not a like, you know, a downer and always depressed and sad. I'm not saying that at all, but definitely that aspect of, uh, I was, far more optimistic than her. And now at times she's even more optimistic than me. It's so powerful, but it, it, it's taken uh, the both of us looking out for each other and always taking responsibility, saying we're sorry, communicating, catching each other when we say certain things. Uh, the Five Love Languages was a great book. And um, uh, so I can go on and on about that. You know, when people come on in here, I, I think sometimes they're not quite sure what they're going to get in regards to mind tune-up time. Um, but for me, you know, it's a very holistic from our health, our wealth, our, our physical, mental, you know, personal, professional life. Um, you know, I've really gone through the gamut of unhappiness, dissatisfaction, unfulfillment, irritation, frustration, breakups, tears, you know, lack of hope, quite frankly, and everything in between to get to a place of, uh, a really doggone good place for both of us in so many ways. Like our default now is joy, fun, fulfillment, freedom, ease. Um, I mean, really it is. Um, and then we have things here and there. I mean, we're normal. I'm human. I definitely, um, life, right? Life happens for sure. But we don't, it doesn't throw us off course like we just got derailed off a train track and the train crashed and we've got to figure out how the heck to rebuild it. Nick Swan for all the, the Sam Carters is one page Wednesday thing still happening tomorrow. So uh, even someone else is doing it. Have no idea. Have not talked to anybody in a week or two now. So I, if anybody's from Sam Cart, again, don't, you're here if you're on here, but uh, uh, I am no longer on the Sam Cart calls anymore. And I'm, I mean, I'm friends with them ultimately. I just have moved on. I am moving on. I've got things to do. Um, on the last couple of calls I did, I was pretty hardcore about making sure people knew that I was over here. So if they wanted to continue to connect with me, but yeah, I have no idea what they're doing with those calls or if they'll keep them going. So anywho, I think that's good. So mindtunotimelive.com. If you're listening to a replay of this, or you're still on Facebook, uh, you can go and, uh, um, essentially get on the Facebook group or register for the Zooms. That's where the most activity is. And I'm grateful for y'all being on here. I'm going to take somebody on. That's what the second half of the call is. And so any of you, you can either catch the whole call every time. You can just catch the first half or the second half. Um, but the first half is usually like this. The second half is usually me. Um, uh, I'm going to work with somebody else. And so uh, super grateful for all of you. Appreciate you all. And uh, another incredible call. I hope to see some of you again uh, week after week here because really I look at it as the practicing, the riding the bike, right? So continuing to hear these things and continue to practice 
um, and stay in the zone until things really click, right? So you have that, those, those things that aren't firing at all cylinders for you with the positive right now, we start to work on, right? Exactly. Repetition is the mother of skill. So um, anywho, and um, yeah, so put your insights, your breakthroughs, your clarity while I bring somebody on, um, let's throw people off here. Uh, actually, I'm not. Type in the Q&A and I'm going to look. If you want to bring, be pulled on camera, have audio um, and have me do some one-on-one coaching with you if you're open for that. Uh, anybody who's brand new, not somebody I've talked to before, um, then put in the Q and A. If you have a little question uh, in there, and um, I'll bring you on. So, uh, and I will actually first and foremost because she's been active in the Q and A, uh, Deidre Aldridge. Uh, if you want to do that with me today, <laughs> if you feel open, um, then I'm happy to take you on. If not, then I'll take potentially the next person on who says something. So let me just say it. Okay, great. So I'll pull you on today. All right, Deidre, where are you at? Let's see here. Go. Unmute. Start video. You are. Oh, okay. <laughs> How are you? Good. I'm. I think I'm. I'm. I've pulled it together. So thank you for Good. allowing me to get you to the place. Where I'm, not... <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for you. I appreciate yes. you here today. Yes. Good. Well, so I know you had a. Um, final little question there too before we go in did you said did you accomplish this mainly through the process of self-reflection or did you need a coach um look i know that i have my own things i'm offering here but it's kind of twofold i have found that initially now this takes a specific type of person like what mm-hmm. i found because it's not just any random coach but rather someone who is looking like i say when i hear you i can help you which we'll do some here in a second Um, So for me, when I hear somebody, I'm not listening. Like one of the worst things I had through the years with having a coach that wasn't helpful is I would do, you know, what people get in their heads, ramble, you know, I used to call it mouth vomiting. I'm like going off for like 45 minutes, telling this person what I'm going on, what's happening. I'm doing all that. Right. And then, and then I kind of stop and they go, so what's your question? And then I just, Cause I'm like, did you not hear anything? Like, can you not do anything? Can you not say anything? Can you not pick up anything? Cause I didn't ask a question. I would just, I had all this stuff going through my head. It was going on, what was working, what was not blah, 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 blah. Right. And then I just wanted them to be able to pick things up to, to, to make, make something of the mess of my mind, if you will. Right. That kind of manicness in my head, I couldn't make sense of it. And so I've honestly only found a few, not to be discouraging because also I'm here. <laughs> so right. you know, this isn't a me telling you, not that they don't exist, but um, if you were to not go to me for some reason, like what I have had the most help with is people who can hear your language, your words and your things and reflect back that, that which is not helping you. So for me at times, somebody saying, doing the last 10 or 20, 30 minutes, you've said this 10 times. And maybe that was something, you know, again, a language, words, phrases, or whatever that was the, the disempowering. 
But once they said that to me, I was aware now. I couldn't un unknow, unthink, unsee. It's like when we buy the car and like, oh, I'm cool. And then the car's everywhere. And you're like, oh my God. Like, I can't believe I thought this was the only car like that. You see that color, that car, you know, the particular activating system in our brain can only process so much. So we only can see and look for so much. So I have found that up front, it is helpful to be able to have someone to hear things and, and start to to start this process of activating those language and words and disempowering things. And then you can do all the self-practice because I'm a teach a person to fish, not give them fish. So I don't really like to be the guy who's like, let me keep you in the ditches forever and keep you confused and lost. And, you know, so you need me. I mean, I, I want to help people help themselves as quick as possible. And so to the degree that it's empowering that you have somebody that can pick those things up so that then when they're not with you, every time you're saying that word to somebody else, a friend, like some of you will catch me. I will literally in the moment of saying something, sometimes I'm like that crazy person who's like, wait, hold on. Can't like, if I say, I can't do that. And I go, whoa, 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 hold on. Can't, no, no, no. I can't do it right now, but I am working. And I start to switch. Like I call it flip the script. Right, we got to start flipping the script of what are the things we're saying and speaking, telling our girlfriends, you know, whatever, because that's the thing too. You know, it's great to get together with friends, but a lot of times if we're with certain people, we all just complaining about what's not working. Yeah. And so our friends might be great at listening. You're like, you feel heard, you feel seen, <laughs> you feel understood. <laughs> Cause they're like, I got you. <laughs> I've been there for the last 20 years too. Right. Nothing ever Right. And so it feels it can feel actually good on certain levels, but simultaneously it'll do nothing to move the needle because we're all just wallowing in the same thing that's not working. So for me, I want to have empathy and understanding for where somebody's at while helping them recognize what's not working. So let's just play with that right now. Let's hear you okay. uh, you're open for it. Just tell I'm me a little open. bit of background. Tell me a little bit of background, a little bit of context. What's going on? And, and why did you, okay. you know, when you kind of get to the end there, I'll probably pick something up, but is there, is there a question? Is there a, why are you here? And then we'll go from there. You know, first of all, how I got here was literally an email came and I was like, okay, well, I didn't even know what this was going to be about. I just clicked it. <laughs> and then as I started listening, I recognized this is a bridge of incidents. This is something that... Um, is an answer to a question that I put out last night. You know, um, 2020 opened my eyes to um, really coming out of a uh, religious background or whatever, whatever it was that I was invested in to understand, you know, what my truth was like, um, and I got in, I, I got introduced to the law, all of these things, right? So as all of this is happening, and all of these um, truths are coming and all of these um, thoughts that I or, or ways that I was doing things before I'm undoing them. I have um, come to a place of quandary like I am in the <laughs> the the whirlwind of it all. Right. Um, I and and the, and I recognize now that what I don't like and what I do like. And, and so I'm going through all of this and, and you described it per- perfectly. 
what am I supposed to be doing? Um, I don't like this. I I haven't been able to stay with this, this, and I'm just beating myself up constantly. And now I'm coming to a place where, okay, that's not working. So then what do you do? You know, um, and I, everything that you described in this call, I'm, I'm like, does he know me? Like, do you, do you know? Uh, it's, I'm, I'm supposed to be writing a book. Okay, well, I can start on this tomorrow. Um, I'll start and then something will distract me and okay, I'll be right back. And then it just never comes. And then I recognize this is a pattern of life you know, and, and so now it's the discovery that you are the cause of all of this and coming to terms with it and then trying to fight your way out of it. And, and real quick, the, 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 power, the, the powerful thing here as well, um, because we're, we're, we're looking to be able at times that it's by default to blame, like it'd be great if somebody else can give that solution right? If somebody else can fix that problem, right? So we want to look at when people say, people don't take me very seriously. They see what I do as a hobby. You know, they don't value what I do. And what I've learned that we've got to start with is that, and it, 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 it seems disempowering to begin with this, this practice, but it's going, I don't value what I do. I don't take myself seriously. Right. I see myself as a hobbyist. And now- then we can do something about it because I can't get Sally down the street or Johnny or Jackson to maybe change their mind about me, right? But if I all of a sudden start, what I found is, is when you show up different, first of all, different people show up. Um, and and it could be the same people, but they'll show up differently. And then some will just fall off. But like, it's been so empowering to take back that responsibility, right? Where you can have that, um, what you just said, and I appreciate you sharing. We're going to keep going here because I, I got more to hear before I, I, I start saying too much. But it's, it is a beautiful place to get to where you're at, though, where you did just say, I see that I'm the cause of all this. And no, a lot of people don't want to come to that because it's a lot easier to blame the weather, the weatherman, the, the person down the street, your husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, friends, family, parents, right. you know, your teachers, your school teachers, courses you bought, the books you bought, people you learn from. Like I used to blame all the, all the people I bought uh-huh. courses from and all that. And I realized none of them were at my house, like actually telling me and holding a gun to my head saying, take out your credit card and buy this thing. Like, well, they didn't do that. They might be great at convincing you to take out your credit card, but none of them ever made you do it. And so right. when you can do that, you take back that power and that responsibility. Well, now you can do anything you want. So I'm going to keep listening here for a second. I got a few more things, but um, you want to say some more or? Well, so now I'm at that place of uh, accountability. And so the, the, um, now it's the navigation out, you know? And so then I started taking on all of, I mean, YouTube is a friend, a cousin, an uncle, a therapist, a provider. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I have self-diagnosed myself all the way down to the bottom and, and, then I just had to come to a place and you solidified it today of really, I get it. I just, I need to unplug from it all. But once I'm unplugged, the question is, how do I start taking the steps? And I think that's what I'm listening to here. Um, you really um, kind of helping me through that because I, I, 
everything for me, um, because of how I was raised, I was raised in an environment where if I didn't do it perfectly, I was um, punished. And so now I, I am combing through things. And if it's not perfect, then it's almost like I will not do it. And um, so it's, it's just navigating out of that. And I've put myself in a place um, through this and through all of those, um, those things where I've kind of backed myself up in a corner. You know, I spent so much money, time, and energy trying to solve a problem that really I was looking for answers outside that I could not find. And now that I'm at a place where, okay, I get it. I now not have to figure out how to get to a place where I can now get the right help, you know? So then it becomes, okay, use what you have, but I'm, it's like, I'm, I'm in a, um, in a, in a, in a fear stricken pattern. You know, it's like when I want to move, it almost is like, there is something that holds me physically when I'm, when I'm attempting to make moves too. So it's not just like, I love what you said when people are like, you should just do it, just do it. You can get it. Sometimes they don't understand that it can be debilitating right. sometimes just yep. getting out the gate. And I was explaining it to, and it's funny cause I'm a coach. So I have coaching clients that I'm helping with this, but yes. for me, it's how do you help yourself with what you know is the truth? You know, how do you really, and I believe I'm in a place where I have to help myself at sure. this point. And so, yeah. It's harder to take your clients any deeper than you've taken yourself as well as something that I realized. Cause there's so many times where you, what you're seeing and saying to help others, this, the, in fact, if you're doing coaching, I would start to really start to catch yourself constantly. Cause I guarantee that, First of all, the people that you've attracted to work with are some versions of you. And then what you're helping them with is, and what you're saying to them is actually just as good of advice for self. But if you don't have the actual awareness, you're just hearing these things and getting them. And you're like, I get, I get them. And then you start telling them things, but that same advice you tell them would be great advice for yourself. But just like we're playing with there with the language, right? There, there's, there's, there's something holding me. There's a prison, you know, these things that you've got, like, those are the things that's how you feel right now. You just described it. Right. And so how, how much in the perfection, uh, I think, uh, Cohen put in there, the prison of perfection. Right. And, and one of the things that I've found is that I've said that a lot of people, um, I said this over the weekend, but this aspect of, there's people who move fast. It's their natural tendency. I don't know if he's still on the call, but there's a guy in here that I, I, I told him at one point in time, I said, dude, you're a Ferrari, but you've been in your garage. Right? So if he gets out of the garage and he drives, he's going to move faster than the person who is an 18 wheeler. Like it just is what it is. They do different things, but if they both start at the same spot, one's going to go faster than the other. Um, the problem is, is there's too many people, whether they're the 18 wheeler or they're the Ferrari, they are stagnant. They're not moving. And yes, you're getting up, walking around and doing that. So you're not, yeah, there he is, Fernando. So you're, you're, not, uh, you're not sitting here, not ever moving physically. But what's happening is what I want to bring up is the, is the book for a second, because it's a great place. Because to me, what matters is on the mind, right? Because I could talk to, which I have over the last number of years, 
you know, 50 plus people ask the same thing I just asked you and they all say different things. They're not all going, I should write a book, right? That's the fact versus fiction. It's not a fact that every person I'm going to get on here says, I should write a book. <laughs> and then you know, I've been in this thing with the religion and I, they're all going to say different things. So what matters is on the mind. We don't need to dig back always to childhood and this and that, because some of that I get subconscious and all these things can affect us. But at the same time, you chose to speak about what you just spoke about. Those are the words that are most fresh, most prevalent. And so the book, you said, I should be writing a book. Why? Why should you be writing a book? Because I joined a program to write um, the book. And why did you <laughs> want to write the book to begin with? Um, because I feel like my story can help people. Okay. And what's that going to do for you? If you, if you, if you write a book to help people. What are you hoping? What are you hoping? Can you not help people without a book? Just out of curiosity. Um. Yeah, I can. And you are right. Uh oh. Well, I. So I was okay. So if I if I put a thought behind why the book, I was thinking that would be my way of starting to tell my story. Like that was in my mind the best way to begin that journey. Okay. Okay. Of putting the story out. Okay. Now I want to go back one second though, because I'm not sure if you were still thinking about the one thing or the other when I asked the question, are you helping okay. people right now? Yes. Okay. Because you had the thing, but I thought you were thinking about the other thing. Because when you were started, <laughs> I was like, so are you not helping anybody right now? Yes. Like you're, you're, you're coaching them, but you're not helping them. Okay. Yes. I, I, I wanted to make sure. I, th I thought that was the case that you were just, you were contemplating still the book question. Um, yes. So Here's a small, quick rant that you may or may not have heard, depending on if this is the first time you've heard me and you're over here. But, uh, um, you know, the marketing that's out there for the most part is from a place of lack and not enoughness. This aspect that everything is selling people that if you don't have a book, a New York Times bestseller, a, an Amazon bestseller, a Wall Street bestseller, if you're not featured in Inc. or Forbes or the media or TV, if you don't have the coaching program, if you don't have certain rates, high ticket clients, I mean, I can go on and on about the course, you know, whatever, all these things that you're not enough. You can't actually impact as much. You can't help as many. You won't do as well. And so I don't have anything, like I mentioned earlier, I don't have anything invariably wrong with writing a book. Books help people. They 100% can help people. You've probably read books that have helped you. I've read books that have helped me. So there's nothing wrong with writing a book. There's nothing wrong with if you get featured in the media or that it becomes a bestseller. The wrongness in it is believing that you can't make an impact, you can't tell your story, you can't, you can't, you can't without. Because I have since, I thought those same things. And a book specifically for me, so this is where I'll give this story, and some have heard it, and like I said, listen through it, you know, as if you haven't heard it before. Because I believe, you know, God, universe, whatever one wants to believe, my current beliefs are, Things are happening where there's massive amounts of resistance and it feels like, you know, it takes, you know, you'd be in Superman or something, a superwoman to, to push past this while other things become more effortless and easy when you do it. And you feel like when you do it, you move faster, farther, uh, you know, further, faster. But for me, writing is something that through the years, 
People have told me how crappy of a writer I am. I don't know where to put commas. I don't know where to put periods. I don't know where to put paragraphs. I don't know how to structure sentences. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Right. You're, you're a bad writer. Um, and so that was fed to me while simultaneously, when I wanted to get into coaching and speaking all that, there was, we well, got to have a book, you know, and you got to do this and you got to do that. And you got to have steps and frameworks and formulas and processes and, you know, tell it a certain way. And so uh, I had a few different things. One time I was like, okay, I'm going to be on, I, I don't know if any of you have heard of uh, uh, the Good Life Project with Jonathan Fields by chance, uh, but he's got a podcast you can check out. And uh, I was on there in 2014. And I'll never forget that when I was going to be on there, I thought, okay, I got to have a book. <laughs> if I'm going to be on this guy's huge podcast, I got to have a book because that's what people do, right? That's everything I was hearing. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. So I took what I call now massive and perfect action. I recorded, I was okay about like having some kind of an outline and I recorded like 10 or 12 videos and I had like a virtual assistant at the time and I, I got them transcribed and she wrote things. And then I was like, okay, I'm on fire. Like I'm doing this. This is great. And then I'm like, okay, but before, and this has been a trend in my life, but I'm like, before I do much more, I'm going to get some people to read it just just tell me tell me it's decent tell me it's good give me some feedback so that's where all my process stopped because basically i did that i sent it out i sent it to probably 50 people and i think maybe one or two people like replied and said anything so then i was like i lost all my steam i lost all my momentum because there it again looking for the external world for validation of what we're doing so initially I wasn't actually externally receiving anything else. I just thought I need a book, but then I took the imperfect action. I'm like recording the videos, getting it transcribed. It had headlines. All of that was done without external anybody. And I kept my steam and momentum until I'm like, but I need somebody to tell me it's good. I need somebody to tell me, great job, you like it. And then the feedback was, you know, well, not much, right? Like I was going to say, rather than having a ton of feedback and only a few that might not be good, it was like there just wasn't even much feedback. And of that, it wasn't exactly like, yeah, keep full steam ahead. So I stopped. And I didn't have a book for that, that podcast. Then I had a few other things that had come up through the years where I had tried to write things and I stopped and I started and, and nothing got finished. Um, and then I don't know if any of you have ever heard of or if you've heard of James Altucher. He's wrote a book called Choose Yourself, Reinvent Yourself. Um, he was a video client of mine. I got to work with him. And then I, I had a phone call with him one day and I was talking about this again. I, I you know, you're talking, he's like, Gebs, you need a book, man. I was like, well, I got this concept, MIA, Massive and Perfect Action. He goes, oh, I love it. I'm telling him about it. And he goes, I'm challenging you. 30 days, I want you to have you know, something ready to potentially, you can just self-publish. Now, he wasn't telling me I necessarily I needed to be a bestseller or any of that. He's just like, you need a book. I'm like, okay. And he validated me, massive and perfect action. Okay, good. So 30 days are about to pass by. And I'm like, um, it's James Altucher, A-L-T-U-C-H-E-R for the chat. Um, and so finally, I go on the local radio station for some random thing. I don't even remember what it was, but I was on there. I came back that afternoon with like a lightning rod and I'm like, I'm going to record this thing. I'm going to record an audio book. And I got so fired up. I, I turned on and, and, and you can all go to take MIA.com and, and, and get that. But this audio book, here's what happened. I, uh, I set up my audio stuff and I recorded like an hour and a half. I stopped to make sure it was working. I was, it was good. I recorded the next like hour and a half, two hours. 
And then I spliced the two together. I made a book cover. I went on Facebook and I said, hey, everybody, I got an audio book. And I'm like, I'll get you the link. It was on, it wasn't on Audible. It wasn't anything fancy. It was just an MP3 file that I had on Dropbox. And I literally said, just send me a message. I'll get you the link. And so this thing had no editing. I mean, I recorded it pretty much straight through, spliced it together, didn't listen to it. And then I said, here it is. And I had about 170 people within maybe a week, week and a half that got a hold of that through my Facebook and things. They're like, I'm fired up about this. And about half the people responded that they had listened to the whole thing. Some of those people listened to that whole thing, which was three, three and a half hours twice, gave me incredible feedback. This is awesome. This is what I learned. These were breakthroughs. I'm like, damn. And then I went and told James. I said, man, dude, I, I, you know, I got, I got an audio book first. And this is what I said to him. I think I'm just going to be an audio author. And he goes, yeah, man. I mean, that, that's great. I'm proud of you. He goes, but you need a book. You're going to need a book. So then what do I do? When you lack self-belief, self-esteem, self-worth, self-confidence, and self-anything else, and you see somebody who's had best-selling books, makes a lot of money, is successful. I mean, he paid me a pretty penny, so this wasn't like fake success either that I've seen out there too. Like he was, he had all these things. I had a deflation for sure where it was like, okay, here we go. But I had a steam and I thought, okay, well, I know what I could do. I've already got this audiobook, so maybe I can just get that into a book. So that's the process I started down. And I even had people listen to like, you just let me know. I'll read that sucker. I'll tell you what. So I get it already. It's got the thing. It's got broken down. It's got stuff from what I recorded. I, I felt decent about it. So I sent it out to a ton of people. Crickets. At this point in time, I was about 30, almost went bankrupt, got married. A uh, bunch of things happened, and I lost all steam with all of it. And I didn't try to do anything more with the book, didn't do anything more with the audiobook, never put it on an audible, nothing. So flash forward to um, earlier this year specifically, I'll cut out some other things because then some people about two, three years later started finding I had a link up and stuff for the audiobook and people were like, damn, that audiobook's really good. And I was like, really, where'd you find that thing? And they're like, oh, I found it over here. And I was like, okay, cool. So I started promoting it more. Well, then I'm with James earlier this year, and uh, I told him this story. I said, you know what, man? You know, I told him the whole thing I just said to you. And he says, because uh, I said, this is what I'm helping people with. I'm helping people find what is the thing that is right for them. Not that writing a book is bad, but there is no right way or wrong way to do something. So I call this, which is what resonated the most in the doggone book, was what was called a my way decision. In video production, I used to do my thing up front. Then I looked for external validation. How should I run my company? How, what should my packages be? What should I charge? How should I offer? And I ended up reaching a point where I was so overwhelmed, so overworked, stressed out, nine months behind delivering people's final like wedding videos. I didn't want to answer the phone, answer an email. I didn't want to go to the movies. I was scared because I thought people were going to chew me out. And they did. I had people call my parents' house. I had the, I, <laughs> I did a cop's wedding, daughter's wedding once. They were calling my parents' house. It was horrible. So I'm like, I'm asking my couples, do you, uh, what have you watched off your DVD? And they said to me, uh, well, we love the same day edit. And I'm like, Anything else like the other 12 videos that you got? If you, so the same day edit, I shot and edited and showed at their wedding. I loved it. People loved it. But I thought 
based on everybody else, people more successful than me. You can't just sell the same day edit. You got to sell all these other videos. So I went through the motions of that. And so what happened was, is I reached a point of enough couples who had their DVD for six plus months who said, well, the only thing we've watched on the DVD is the same day edit. And I said, well, enough's enough. See this scruff on my face? It's been there since about 2011 because I, I used to shave my face down to the baby's bottom every Saturday. You know, I, I did all these things a certain way based on what others made me believe I should do. Then I said, screw it. I'm going to edit, dress, speak, shoot everything my way. And if people love it now, I wasn't, it was an internal, like, a, like intensity, but when I was with others, I was still a loving, caring, like I'd spend an hour and a half talking to them. I wasn't just like, get on the phone. It's my way or the highway, but internally it was internally. I'm like, I hate my business. I am not happy in life as a, as a whole right now. I am stressed. I am overwhelmed. This is not what I signed up for. So if this like eliminated, I eliminated everything from my business overall. I went from Geb's total video that did tape transfers, film transfers, church services, graduations, dance recitals, and anything else I can point a camera at to pretty much this particular style of video, uh, mainly for weddings. And then when we did it for other people, it was the same style of video. And if you wanted something else, I said no. And so I eliminated everything and my business over the next 24 months doubled twice. I had more free time. That's when I worked with Tony Robbins and Tim Ferriss and all these people in the personal development space and things just exploded because this conviction and certainty I had for this is who I am. This is how I do it. And if you don't want that, I don't do it. So I tell James all of this. And this is why we have to listen to our guts, our hearts and our intuitions. Now, if you remember, I told him in 2016 I wanted to be an audio author. I even had it on my damn profile, audio author. Thing is, I did nothing else with it. I wasn't practicing or anything because I allowed someone else to say that that was wrong and you shouldn't do it. Now, also at that time, there were not anything called Audible Originals. There were Audible was out, Audible Originals. Kevin Hart had one. Mel Robbins has one. What are they? They are books that are only available in audio form as an audiobook on Audible. There is no physical copy. There is nothing to print out. There is nothing to touch and feel or Kindle. It's audio only. And so James ends up going, I'm actually doing that next. Now, my point of the whole story is I had steam. I had momentum. I was fired up. And somebody I deemed to be smarter, wiser than me, four years later, did what I already knew was right for me, for me. Because guess what has the most potential? Is it is it Deidre too? How, how do you say it? Am I saying it right? Deirdre. Deirdre, okay. Yes. What has the most potential is not what anyone outside of you. I don't care what they've achieved, how much money they've made, or what success they've had. What has the most potential for you is only that that which you will consistently keep moving forward and taking action on. So... Just because something could be worth $50 million and they're doggone right. I joked with people over the weekend. I got, I, I love going to ride my bike. I got a helmet that I wear, but I was riding so much that I got sick and tired of getting hit in the face with bugs. So last year during COVID, they had these shields that were made for outside for COVID. So I took the doggone shield and gaffer taped it to my helmet. So I got this crazy looking bug shield thing on my, on my, on my bike <laughs> helmet. It's all rigged up, you know, whatever. 
And um, I just did it myself for a long time. Well, not too long ago in this Facebook group that has like 40,000 of this electric bike riders like this bike I have. I said, am I the only person who gets hit in the face with bugs? And I post my helmet and I got like 500 likes. There was a couple hundred comments and I had people going, where do I get it? I'll give you money now. Now, based on people who teach market research, that would be something that would go get that sucker made. Right. Now, Michael Gebbin, knowing himself super well, knows that that could be worth a million dollars, five million, 10 million. But you know what? It's not worth that to Michael Gebbin because Michael Gebbin is not going to do all that's necessary to execute that. Therefore, it's worth nothing to me. Now, I might be have a moment of disappointment if all of a sudden I find somebody who says, who's doing a Kickstarter, Indiegogo, raising money, and it's a helmet like I did. And I'll be like, dang, that was me. But it wouldn't be me because I know that it's not just going to snap my fingers. Now, I, I could still spend time and collaborate and try to like partner. But I also know that I don't want to distract from what I love, the work I'm doing right now today. So what's worth millions? What's worth the 250 grand a year? The thing I'm willing to commit to daily, not commit to for three weeks and get fed up with all the extra BS. Because I guarantee, big picture, it's easy to vision. I made the little prototype. I could see how this could be made into an actual helmet that people could buy. But beyond that, to get that into reality, there are a lot of moving parts. And the only one that would remove that would be me to literally collaborate. But that still takes time, energy, and effort to find someone, figure out a deal. What cut am I going to make? Then they got to execute. No matter what, there's very few scenarios in that that I could win with out of it that take little effort. And I just don't have the energy or the drive to do that. I catch it now. So those are things where I have ideas. Those don't stop coming to me. Ideas come all the time to me, business opportunities, business ideas, but I have to go and know myself well enough to go, what will I actually see through to the finish line versus I'm going to see through to the 10 yard line. And then I'm going to turn back around. And then it's really, and so now what I do is, is if I have something, I sit and let it like, cause most things it's just like, look, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And if it's sitting for a week, two weeks, a month, two months, and it's still as I'm as enthusiastic as I was when I first had the idea, cause I'm the guy who'd have an idea and I got business cards, designs, graphics, websites, URLs, and all this stuff made before I've validated anything or sold anything. Right. So now I go, okay, great. I'm going to let it simmer. If in a month from now, I'm as enthusiastic about it as I was a month prior. Maybe I'll think about it, depending on what it is. Um, and a lot of those things right now, they die. The work I'm doing today, it's never died. It's a calling. I had a guy yesterday because I told him I don't do video anymore. I haven't done any video since last year. I'm coaching full time. And he goes, yeah, I'm trying to start up coaching for the same reasons. I said, what reasons would those be? Because I doubt they're the same as mine. Because the way he said it, it is he wanted to have coaching because what he was doing was something that got hurt by COVID. So he wanted to coach as a byproduct to have some kind of like online business. I said, well, I don't have, I'm not coaching because it's safer than something else. I coach because it's a calling. I coach because I can't not coach. I coach because I've tried a million other things. And it's the one thing that I can consistently show up and do that I love. Like I love riding my bike, but I don't love it so much that, which I have an option right there that I want to figure out how to make money with it. Cause I'm not driven by the money. 
I, I we need money to do this as much as I get to do it now. Like if I had, I used to have to go leave for a week and film video production. Well, while I'm there, I'm not talking to people. I'm not doing Zooms. I'm just running around with my camera. So like I might've been helping people that I helped do their thing for that they love for a living while I was out of integrity slightly because ultimately I was still doing what I didn't want to do anymore while I'm helping others do what they really want to do. Cause I didn't have the courage to step outside of that, see myself as more than a hobbyist, see myself as uh, you know, I was an amateur because a professional shows up very differently than a, than a, than, than an amateur, right? A pro on the, on the surface, you could coach somebody and people really love it. I could coach somebody and really love it. Now, I don't know enough about you. And we're not going to get into that in this moment. But like, let's say that you had a full-time job and you coach on the side because you like it. It's what you really like to do. But your job has nothing to do with coaching. You show up, you get paid, you fill in spreadsheets, whatever. But you love helping people. And you're telling them, man, go for your dream, quit your job, do this. It's like, you may be great. Some of those people may do that. They may listen to you, but a lot more will once you're actually doing what you preach. And so what I found is, is that there was a big shift that happened from the guy who just kept, because when I'm safe and secure and I got my money coming in from video or a person's got their money coming in from a job, you don't have to take it as seriously. You can kind of coast and kind of play on the side, but then that's where you're usually getting lower rates and you know, you're doing it for free all the time and all that because you don't need to get paid. You know, you'd like to get paid more, but you still treat it like you're a, a, a hobbyist, a, an amateur. But a pro is like, this is what I do. And yes, I love you. Like my first people that I started charging were actually my friends. It's one of the hardest things I did in my life. But I created a container that was safe for both of us because they wanted my help and I loved helping. But they felt bad asking for the help because when they did, they knew they weren't paying and I didn't give them an option to pay. It was a big ick. And then once we conversed and had a, a container, it was a win-win. And so I say all of this so that this book thing, you can go like, are you writing the book? Cause you really like want to write a book. Like I can't not write a book. And I like, I love writing. Or is it like some marketer sold you on why writing a book is a great thing to do to increase your coaching practice and da, 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 X, Y, Z, ABC. And like, you could, I mean, you can get on video and tell your story and it can impact people's lives, right? And speak. You can do it on podcasts. You can do it on a video. You can end up writing a book or your book could come in vocal. Like I realized that that audio I recorded that I called an audio book, it's no different than what I'm doing right now. It's no different right. than anything else, except for the fact the container I did, I called it an audio book. And then people right. listen to it differently than if I said, listen to my podcast, right? Or listen to this video I recorded. And so there's lots of ways to show up and do something. Because do you, do, let me ask you this. Do you like writing? I, I do. Um, I can. Let me say this. I can write. Um, I'm, I'm multifaceted. So I can do it. But when you say, do I like it? No, I'm not the person that's just sitting around doodling all day. I'm more of a video person. Like I will come on and talk to you. I will, I'm um, very animated. I, I, I've had cooking shows, radio shows, um, live <laughs> video shows, like, and, and everything that you're saying, it's really resonating because what, what you're telling me um, part of the problem has been, I've been trying to do it within the confounds and the box of what I think yeah. everyone else is doing from a perspective, but not recognizing that 
I do have a personal level of innovation. I'm an idea girl. Um, constantly, I'm like, are we brothers? Are we are we family? Some kind of way in the atmosphere because everything you're describing is how I think. But now you've given me the level of freedom that I need in this call, in this coaching call. In that, it's okay to go against the norm. Like it's okay to just. If I don't want to do it that way, and if that's the idea that I have, because honestly, I do have a different idea for my book, and it wasn't writing it. Like, I don't think it's it's something else, and I don't know what it is, but now that you're telling me I'm free it's to pop. do it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, going to pop. Gonna pop. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah because, because your confine, your focus, again, was on a specific thing that didn't resonate. And because it didn't resonate, you didn't take a lot of action towards it, but you kept it as the container of the only, like, black and white of what it was. And so when we can't get the alignment, we can't get the resonance with it, we just kind of end up in this stall mode and we, we don't really, we don't move. We don't act because it really something inside. And I believe that's what everyone wants to believe is attempting to always bring us to the thing, the path of least resistance, but yet we're easily influenced by other people. And those people are selling things like, look, I am too. All I'm trying to do is go, look, I'm selling access. Like I I'm selling, Hey, this, for more than the, the the time I give it away so people can observe. But I don't want to keep you broken, and I don't think you're broken. I want right. to help people as quick as possible. And, of course, we all have to make our living. Like, we don't go right. to painters and the Target and Walmart and these things right. and say food should be free, like gasoline should be free. For, like, I get people might think that. But, like, somebody who's really great at something, if you have – if right now, like, what's that worth – for the freedom that just came out of you today on this call to move forward. That's worth something, right? And so I go, this is my ability to give back. People get things out of this. Now, for me to be able to maintain doing this, I do have to make a living, but I've been, I've had to look and go, what are the ways? Cause I don't want to create problems. Like, like that's my thing. When I say you need somebody, that's why I say, well, you can use me. Great. If not, like some people will literally be able to just listen and they will be able to connect dots and make things happen. And I go, great. And I'm going, when you can't figure that out on yourself, I can help untangle that. But I'm not trying to tangle you up so that I can untangle you. <laughs> that's the difference. I've literally, I've literally been in businesses that are tangling people up so they can untangle them. I'm yes. giving you the solutions here. If you can't figure it out on your own, then I'm a guy who can see it clearly easier than you might right now and can help, but that's it. And I think there's a subtle but distinct difference between and people who think they're like, they have a hard time selling or this or that. I, I get it because I've been there. Like I've been the person who gave 99% of my coaching away. I was the person who that same day at it, I gave away for free. I got paid to do what I didn't want to do because I couldn't convince people to do what I wanted to do. So I did the very first one for free in 2006. People flipped out. So then people were, I went to my peers. They're like, well, you better not give that away, son. You're going to be devaluing the industry. You're going to beat all this, right? And I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Well, you should charge at least like 750 bucks. Uh, okay. So like all these couples, I'm like, 
you know, hey, here's all this, here's what it is. And I do this thing called the same day edit. And they're like, okay, what's that? I'm like, well, I edit and show the video that day. And they'd be like, well, why would we want to do that? The, the wedding just happened. Or they'd go, wouldn't the video be a lot better if you had more than a couple of hours to edit it? And in my early part of my career, I'd be like, makes sense. Maybe it would be better if I had more than two hours or like, yeah, I mean, I could see why, you know, the wedding just happened. Why would we want to show it? But because I did the one as an experiment, I knew what the reaction was. I knew how I felt. So I thought, well, God dang, if I can't figure out how to convince these people to, 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 to want it or pay for it, I guess I'll just do it. So for years, I just kept you know, doing it as a surprise for like eight out of 10 people until one thing shifted. It wasn't my gear, wasn't my product, wasn't where I lived, wasn't my car, wasn't any of these external things, wasn't the final, like how it looked, except for when I was asked that same question, I just told you, and, I, and then they went, I don't know, right? I shifted, and instead of being I don't know, but kind of weak and passive, I said, you know what? I get it. I don't know. I can't speak for other people as to whether or not they need two weeks, two months, or two years to make a video. But the video that you see on my site, the video that you say that you like, that you want me to do, the best doggone video that I make is when I do a same day edit. So other people may need more time to make their best work. But if I don't do a same day edit, here's what I can tell you. You might not get your video for nine months. I'm going to procrastinate <laughs> and I'm going to complain and you're going to end up with a half hiding video, right? <laughs> And so I guarantee there's other guys who are yes people like I used to be who just say yes because you're willing to give me money. But here's what I can tell you. If I don't do the same to edit, I'm not doing your wedding because at the end of the day, my best work is created this way. So would you rather me do a same to edit or not? Now, 99% of the people out of that are going to go do the same to edit. They're not going to be like, no, no, I'd rather you not do a same to edit. <laughs> I'd rather you make a bad video than a great video. But when the other one, what does that look like? Is that, wouldn't it be better if you had more than two hours? I'm like, maybe it would, but give me 750 bucks. But I'm basically saying, give me 750 bucks to make a video that might not be as good as it would be if I had more time, which is now how I see why people didn't pay me extra money most of the time. And so that my way shift, being a, a master chef or a, a master creator who says, this is how I do things, right? I can be collaborative, but an order taker is a person that you, if you told, if you go through a drive through somewhere and say, don't put tomatoes, pickles, and onions on it, and you get tomatoes, pickles, and onions, because that person said, you know what? I think you're going to want some tomatoes, pickles, and onions today. <laughs> and you're like, I want a refund, and I want one without tomatoes, pickles, and onions. Because that's what, but those are the cheap people who get paid the least amount of money in our economy are the people who have no opinion. They stand for nothing. They do what you tell them, and they keep their mouth shut. But the world is yearning for more people like yourself to speak up and stand for what you stand for, know what you do best, know what you don't do best. And, and I assert through my own experience and others, you will actually get more people to sign up than less people because most people don't do that. Most people are yes people who say yes to everything. That's actually conniving, manipulative, and deceptive. Because if you suck at something, but you can you can what you told me with writing, I see your face. I love it. I'm on fire right now. It's like, you know, if 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 you can do something, but you don't like it, you don't want to do it, you're not passionate about it, you're not great at it. But I come to you and you say, Yeah, I can do that. And I'm willing to pay you because I don't look anywhere else. You probably don't charge a lot because you're also not super confident. Right. And so it's like, 
yeah, I can do that. And you're like, okay, good deal. And then you go to work on doing the thing that you don't really like, don't really want to do for money that makes you feel less than. And now when you flip that whole script, people respect you. They trust you because when you go, I, I'm not great at that, but I can refer you to somebody who is. How many people do that? Because most people go, I got a warm body and they're ready to give me money. Yeah. And so I have converted people because here's a tip I want to share though. When people get that and they start to implement that, what happens is they take it a little bit extreme, which is somebody says, here's what I'd really like you to do. Can you do this? You go, oh, I don't want to do that. Nope, I don't do that, right? Now, most people would do it and complain. The third option is I don't do that, but let me explain to you why I do what I do and the way I do it. And so I've had many people who've come to me when I did video production and even in coaching, but video production wanting certain things I mean, saying, if that's really what you want, I'm not your guy. Like, I just, I don't do that. I don't really like doing that. But here's what I do do. And although what you, you want is fine, I mean, I'm not saying it's bad or wrong, but here's why I do what I do and how I do it. I've converted so many people and because they didn't know. They didn't know any better. They didn't really know what they wanted. They just had ideas or saw something random. So that's what they presented because they thought, well, somebody said I needed a video. So I should get a video made and here's what I'd like to get made. But when you come to them with a, an authority, a power, a, I, this is how I do it. Like, dang, I wasn't thinking that. Like coaching. I've had people, I had a guy, two weeks went back and forth. He finally goes, you know what I really wanted was somebody who would hold me accountable. Send me emails, follow up, send me messages. I said, my man, if that's what you really need, I'm not your guy. I said, here's my opinion about accountability. If I need to hold your hand to the fire to do something, it's because it's not what you want to do. And if you're trying to do things you don't want to do, then you're wasting time because there's things that you need to have courage to push through. Hard conversations. It'll change your whole life forever to do. But things you wouldn't do if you didn't feel like you had to do are a waste of time to do right now because somebody can do it better or you can eliminate it from your process entirely. And so for me to need to hold your hand to a fire, why wouldn't somebody hold somebody's hand or hold your own hand to a fire? Because it's stupid. You wouldn't hold your own hand to a fire. You need someone else. So I get that there's scenarios that accountability and versions of that can make sense. But for my work with people, my work is to get them like you have just had a come to Jesus moment today on this call of like clarity and excitement to like move forward in a more exciting, exhilarating, enthusiastic, energetic way that aligns with this rattled up tiger that wants to come out, right? To do things her way, to be that, you know, you know, be different, be unique, stick out, yes. not be a carbon copy of someone else that didn't feel right, didn't resonate. And now when you can delete that, that paradigm and go, I can be me, I can create my life and my business my way, and I have permission to do that, You'll move mountains more than me telling you the best doggone thing on planet Earth to do that has so much potential and millions of dollars of potential of revenue. But you're like, eh. if yeah. you're, eh, you won't do much with it. But if you're like, yes, you'll start taking actions. These, my shirt, inspired action. You'll start having thoughts that you'll be like, I need to call that person and email that. You know what? We haven't talked. They'll be like, I was thinking. You're like, no way. And then you start having something and magic starts to happen. Miracles start to happen. And if you can let go of all the hows and the details and just let serendipity. Look, I want to take a breath with you. Let's take a deep breath. <laughs> all right. I'm good. I'm going to stop back. I felt that. I felt like I had to, like, I really felt like that deep breath had to take place. Like I, 
it, I, I don't know, like as you're talking, you're giving me the permission um, to be okay with number one, not knowing mm-hmm. that's number one, mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. because I know that if I let go of what I currently know, then what I want to know will come. I'm yes, convinced yes. of that, Beautiful. convinced of that. Um, and so I, I appreciate that because I think we do get caught in this place um, and caught with what we, and, and Tabitha Brown, she said it the other day, she did a video and she said that people were asking her, why is she not cooking anymore? Mm. And she said at first she was like, oh my God, you're right. Like I need to start. But then she said something, told her, but that's not the season you're in. And, and sometimes people try to hold us, but even ourselves, like, I think my uncertainty was trying to hold me to look at the things that I've been doing instead of releasing those and being okay with the fact that that season may just be over for me. And that's why I'm running into all of this interference. Yeah. I'm not gonna say anything right now. I'm good. You good? I'm good. Thank you. (laughs) I love you. Oh, because you get through the computer. I love you too, yes. Yes. Thank we'll, you. We'll we'll get together someday. Oh my gosh. Let's take a I do a little picture here. I always have fun here. Look in your camera. Give me give me a big smile. Yay. All right. <laughs> you rock. Hey, much love yeah. to you. Please keep me posted. I hope we're are we connected on Facebook by chance? I don't know, but let me get my picture too, because I this is amazing for me. So I'm just gonna get my picture too right quick. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. it. That's phenomenal. I love these moments. These are special because you, you represent what I've found through the years that I've done, even the filming for these things is that 80% of the people left on this call have some version of resonance with that. That happens nine out of 10 times. Like every once in a while, there's some unicorn that speaks where people are sitting there going, I don't really know how to resonate with (laughs) you. But that's rare. That's rare. I mean, most of the time, the people that come on, we're all here and we all have these similarities of things that, that people can relate to. So you just gave a lot of people you know, permission today for you to have the courage because I, I'm very grateful that there are people like yourself. And I think that the world's needing more of this just kind of real talk and things that are just uh, people observing these kind of moments happening because I think too many times we're speaking about them. I can tell all these stories till I'm blue in the face. But to see somebody go through what we started to where you're at today, like to like right in the right now, now moment, right? <laughs> it, it, it's such a shift just in like a half hour, 40 minutes of, of relief. You can see it in your face, your voice, like all of it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's beautiful. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that you came on here and shared with us today. Yeah. And I'm really appreciative appreciative to you too michael you're an you're an answer to a a prayer and so um guys whoever's listening prayers are being answered in the most um amazing ways i had no idea i was going to be on this call a minute into it (laughs) and i'm here and i've just been like given a level of freedom that and i've been looking for it you know so it's like it'll happen that's all I can say to whoever's listening. It'll happen and just be ready. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michael, for taking your call. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Please, please reach out. Let's connect off of yes. this as well. I want you to keep me posted with what you've got going on. So we'll do. All right. Much love. Thank yes. you.
All right. Uh, break me down. He's going to have to get her tissues. Um, grateful. Thank you all for coming. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone here today. Um, so beautiful. So beautiful. I love, I love seeing that. Um, I love seeing that. So I go on and on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> and, uh, I know that, uh, you know, it's, it's not any going on and on, you know, it's, it's those, those, uh, those moments. That's what matters to me. That's why I do this work. That's why, you know, I'm very, uh, you know, people say, how do you continue to be more of yourself, uh, through practice, <laughs> everything I've talked about today, practice, because, um, you know, that aspect of, of what's happening on these calls now, I mean, um, you know, and the amount of people on here, the amount of people sticking around, the amount of people in the chat, uh, it's a testament to showing up. You know, my man, are you on here, Fernando? One final thing. Fernando, 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 are you on here, my brother? If he's not, I'll still tell the story to end on this, but um, I don't know if he had to go. He's over in like nine o'clock at night. Um, but, you know, my man, Fernando, who popped on here a little bit ago, um, you know, I had calls for like four months of last year that he was the only one that showed up to. Nobody else showed up. Um, and I'd put things online and I'd, I'd share and uh, Fernando came and Fernando listened. And, uh, and I'd spend two hours with Fernando and I would give Fernando uh, as much of my energy and passion and enthusiasm by himself as if there was 50 people or 20 people or 30 people. And so you've just got to realize that there's a lot that's going to happen sometimes where nobody shows up or one person shows up where nobody feels, you feel like nobody's paying attention and no one cares. Um, but the reality is up front, you're showing up for you. And when you're showing up for you, you're going to be showing up for what just happened on this call today because people do need you. But to the degree that you're so worried about millions and thousands, that's why I say tuning up hearts and minds, one, one at a time so that ideas don't die in hearts, heads, and hard drives, right? I'm not tuning up, you know, hearts and minds thousands at a time. That may be true on certain levels, right? Sure, there could be thousands listening, but at the end of the day, for me, it's about that one person. And whether one shows up or a thousand show up, I'm going to give them, you, all I got. So show up for yourself, then for others, for something that you can do that for. And you won't do that for something that you do not care about. You'll do it for something you care deeply about. And then I believe the work we do here is so that you can keep unlocking things so that you can make your living doing that thing so that you can impact more people. And then you can give others the ripple effect, the courage uh, and the encouragement and the permission for them to show up and be them. So much love to each and every single one of you. So grateful for today's call, Deidre. Um, love you so much. Appreciate all of you. Uh, appreciate you all being here. 
and spreading the word. Share this with a friend. Let somebody know. MindTuneUpTimeLive.com streams into the Facebook group. And then we do the Zoom here every week. And I'm starting to get these up on podcasts so people can, can share that as well. But definitely, if you're listening there, come to the Zoom. That's where the chat is. A few hundred messages in here. Again, people connecting in here to connect outside of here as well. Beautiful connections, beautiful relationships being built and, and, and growing. We've got an amazing energy and vibe and community building here of people who you know, want to uh, create their life their way and uh, you know, untangle all the... Uh, the mess that, you know, the world has, is uh, <laughs> brought upon us, but that we can ultimately uh, shift. So grateful for all of you, sending tons of love to each and every single one of you. Send me a message. You can go to facebook.com slash Gebs86. Uh, say hello. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. But uh, until next time, we'll see you next Tuesday, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time for Mind Tune-Up Time Live. Rock and roll, my friends. Tons of love. And we'll see you next week. Rock on.